CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... I wish I had known the woman of today's story. She was Polish, married to a Frenchman. They were both great scientists. Recognition and fame rewarded her years of struggle. But at one time, she thought her life was worthless and wrote in her diary, My Pierre, I no longer love the sun or the flowers. The sight of them makes me suffer. I feel better on dark days. Like the day of your death. What have I done? Father, please tell me everything. You must. They got Josef in Krakow. Oh. Someone there, some traitor, denounced him. Is he, is he in prison? This morning, they hanged him. No. Oh, no, no. How can you go on living here in Poland? I can't. I can't stand this anymore. Our mystery drama, Pursuit of a Dream, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Carol Tytel. It is sponsored in part by Cat's Paw, Heels and Souls. I'll be back shortly with Act One. is one of the greatest stories of detection of all time. Yet there was no crime. Two detectives, man and wife, made a discovery that changed the face of science and medicine and paid for that discovery with their own lives. The next voice you will hear is that of an actress playing the part of Marie Curie. when you are dying. Your entire life passes before you. They say I was always a rebel. To be born a Pole, living under the whip of Russia, makes rebellion part of one's nature. I was born Manius Klodowska. It would be some years before I became Marie Curie. Anya. Yourself. You made me jump. I'm walking along this street. I didn't see anyone and suddenly you. Shh, shh. Where did you come from? Follow me down these steps to the cellar door. What, jumping up at me in the street like that? You almost scared me to death. I was waiting for you, my This is important. Important to Poland. I'm going to give a signal on the door. You see, I give three knocks. Then inside, they signal back to me to make sure I'm not a government agent. inside so we can discuss our problem. Keep guarding the door, Jan. You, sir. How long am I going to be here? If it's past curfew, how am I going to get home? It won't take long. Just a few minutes. You'll be home safe. There. There. How do you like this? See? We, we've made a meeting place behind the boiler of this building. Watch your step. Oh. Careful. Oh. That's ammunition. 
But here's an empty box. You sit. I'll, I'll sit over here. Is this one of the secret underground meeting places? Yes. Welcome, welcome. But how can you keep it a secret, Yusuf? Isn't there a superintendent who comes to put coal into the boiler? He's my father. Now, this is my problem. They are making me a messenger between those of us who feel as we do. Oh, to be free from the Russians. But, but I have no passport, and you have. My father was always suspect, so they held up all the control cards for all my family. We, we never got them. Well, you can't use my passport, Yosef. It has my name. You have it with you? Well, I always carry it. May I see it? Yes. Let me see what's written in it. I tell you, it has my name. It does not have your name. It doesn't say the bear is Manya Sklodowska. It says only M. Sklodowska. Understand? M. That's not you. No, it could be. It could be Miguel, Marion. Manya, I need it. I have to make a trip from Warsaw to Krakow. The Russians will stop me at the gates of Krakow, and with no identification, I'll be put to forced labor. What are you going for? Well, it's best you don't. No, I want to know. I want to be part of the revolutionary movement. The less you know, the better it is for you. Manya, I will only need this passport for one month. In that time, I will have done all that I have been told to do. You won't tell me any more. Well, I, I am carrying things... That are dangerous. Even with a passport, don't they search you? No, no. I'll put on an innocent face. I'm a student at the university, and I'm I'm going home to see my mother who is ill. You want my passport, but you can't trust me enough to tell me everything. It's not only you who would be in danger, but your father and your mother and your two sisters. Yosef, I'm going home now. I'm sorry, but my passport belongs to me, and I don't lend it to anyone without knowing the reason. If you change your mind and decide I can be trusted, you come to my house tomorrow, Saturday. Don't come before the afternoon. In the morning, I take walks with my father. Father, I've always wanted to ask you, why is it you speak certain things at home, and then when we walk in the park as we are now, you talk of other things? In the park, Manya. Only the birds can hear. But at home, why must we be careful at home? Your mother, bless her, used to say, beware, the walls have Russian ears. Bless her memory. You still miss her, don't you, Father? Always, at this time of the year. Hmm. Remember how we all walked in the park together? I was so small. What did she die of? A terrible disease of the skin for which there is no cure. When it happens, it is the end. The terminal point. Father, do you think it's the duty of every Pole to fight against the Russians who enslave us? Each one in his own way, yes. I try in my classes when I teach to instill our national feeling. My gun is a piece of chalk on the blackboard. My ammunition is the truth. Perhaps when you are a little older, you will also fight for Poland by teaching. How you fight, you must decide for yourself. That's true. I have to decide for myself. Who else knows what your conscience is telling you? No one better than you. It is getting late. 
We must start back. Oh, by the way, how is your friend yourself? Well, what made you think of him all of a sudden? Well, he used to come around to the house. I have not seen him lately. I guess he's busy. Uh, you need not hide what he's doing from me. He is a good boy. Do you know what he's doing? In his way, he's being a patriot also. We must walk a little faster. Your sisters will be worried. Afternoon. Did you? I didn't expect to go there. I told you if you changed your mind and decided to take me into your confidence, I'd be home and I'd give you my passport, lend it to you. Joseph, I've thought about it. You can have my passport. That's very good. Thank you, Manya. What made you change your mind? You are doing something for Poland, and I have no right not to help. When you want to tell me what you do, you will. Manya, it's death, and I can't share that knowledge with anyone. Death? I am to carry small bombs in my clothes, and when I get to Krakow, I will be told at whom to throw them. But you could be killed. So can they. It's the only language they understand. Death. Here, take it. My passport. May the good Lord watch over you. Manya, thank you. I shall guard this with my life. Come to think of it. It is my life. I, I, I want to do more than lend my passport. I, I want to be in the front line like you. My father says I should become a teacher, but how can I? Where in Warsaw can I obtain any higher education? The university is closed to women. It's hopeless. But my hands are tied. Manya, don't accept it. Don't accept life as they want you to don't give up. They want us always to be their property. How long has this been going on? Oh, since the 1600s. There is strength here now. We will win in the end. Oh, we will see. Jan! Jan, is that you? Jan! Jan, where are you going? Come back! Manya, come in off the street. Come inside. Father! Father, that young man... I... I thought he came out of our house. Yes, he did. I know him. So do I, my child. Let me close the door. Why did he run away when I called to him? Manya, in these times, you do not call out someone's name in the street. Who knows who may be watching the house? Well, of course. How stupid of me. Manya, you remember a week ago we talked about people doing what they can for Poland? You found out. Oh, Father, I'm so sorry. I, I hope I haven't gotten us into any trouble. Are we in trouble? Well, you see, I, I loaned Joseph my passport so he could get to Krakow. Ah, so. No, they have not traced it to us yet. Has, has something happened to Joseph? I had no idea you were part of it. It was Jan who was just here and told me. Told you? What? What have I done? Please. Don't tell me in little pieces, Father. Tell me everything. That caught Yosef in Krakow. Oh, no. Someone there, some traitor, denounced him. Is he... Is he in prison? This morning they hanged him. Oh! Oh, Father! 
precious one. Little one, he did what he had to do. That is all any of us can do. Father, how can you go on living here? It's my homeland. It is my country. I can't. I just, I can't stand it anymore. Oh, my dear Manya, even if I had a choice, I am too old now to begin all over again. I've decided. I'm going to find work and save enough and go to Paris and study. The Sorbonne, if they'll take me, I can be a governess, a teacher. I must do something, Father. I just can't sit here and wait while my friends are being killed. There's more. There's got to be more I can do with my life. Yes, yes, Paris is a good idea. You could get a good education at the Sorbonne. You really mean that, don't you? But what will you do, Father? Do not worry. Set your eyes on the stars. I will do all I can to help you pay for what you need. Oh, no. No, I'm being selfish. There's no one here to take care of you. Let me worry about myself. First, we shall get you a good paying work uh, as a governess. After all, someday you will marry and have children of your own. You might as well start practicing taking care of other people's. If you go to live in France, you might even marry a Frenchman. Me? Marry a Frenchman? Never. Remain in Paris, leave you, abandon Poland? Never. Father, I promise you. Those kinds of promises are made to be broken. One has no idea what time and fate can do to one's little scheme. Besides, that summer, I still had no idea what I wished to do with my life. All I knew was I had to learn somewhere. There was so much to know, and I knew so very little. It is quite true. Boricciori started out as many youngsters, wanting to know everything and yet not knowing how to start or where. What a different Marie Curie it is. The one scientists and scholars speak about. The woman of discoveries, honored by medals, decorations, and prizes. Yet underneath, Marie was always that little Polish girl with a gift for the pursuit of the unknown. I shall return shortly with Act Two. story of a remarkable woman who started life like so many of us, wondering which path we would follow. Marie Curie, however, found within herself a force that drove her to one of the greatest medical and scientific discoveries of all time. In Act One, we knew her as Mania. Now, in Act Two, she lives in Paris and studies at the Sorbonne. Mania has become Marie, and she is remembering those early days. Yes, I do remember. It is all so bright in memory because I am now on the edge of the everlasting. Is that why precious moments of my life flash before me as clear as yesterday? Do you hear me, Pierre? I hear you. Your words, every one, from the day I was first invited to meet you. You, a distinguished scientist, and me, a mere student. 
I have invited you to meet this young lady from Warsaw. Remember, Pierre, I mentioned her to you? Ah, so you are not French, mademoiselle. Uh, Marie is Polish from Warsaw and is doing brilliantly at the Sorbonne. Well, I'm very happy to meet you, Professor Curie. I've read a great deal about your most distinguished career as a physicist. Oh, mademoiselle, I am not most distinguished. In fact, I am not so sure I am even distinguished. Uh, Pierre, please allow Marie to tell you why she is here. Oh, but of course, please, 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 why are you here? Well, to meet you, Professor. Why me? Because she has a problem. Uh, Marie, speak up. A problem? Yes. You see, Pierre, Marie has been ordered to make a study of the various magnetic properties of steel, and she needs workplace for her experiment. I needn't tell you how cramped they are for space. Oh, I see. Space? Yes. Since this is your field, I'm sure you understand, Pierre. Analyzing minerals and group samples requires heavy equipment, which the laboratory where Marie works cannot accommodate. And which one is that? The Lippmann. Ah, no, 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 it could not. So it's occurred to me, perhaps, if you had a workroom that was available. Well, let me think about it. Robert, you're putting Professor Curie in an awkward position. I understand you're concentrating on crystallography research now, Professor. Oh, crystallography. You know about that, mademoiselle? Well, not enough, not nearly enough. The science of the future. A young science. About 200 years ago, a dame discovered that although quartz crystals may appear different from one another, the angles between the corresponding faces are always the same. Although we too were different, Pierre and I, the angles between our faces also became the same. Dear Pierre, how your face brightened when you started telling me of your research and teaching. It took me a year to decide that your light was bright enough for both our lives. Our marriage, our honeymoon bicycling through France, and then... A baby. <laughs> a child. You are going to have a child. I won't let it interfere with our work. I promise oh, you. Oh, my darling, how can you talk like that? <laughs> there are miracles in science, yes, but none like the miracle of birth. I want that to interfere with everything. What a foolish promise not to let the coming baby interfere with my investigation into the magnetic properties of steel. All through my pregnancy, I kept telling myself, I'm not the only mother-to-be who has suffered from dizziness, but just the same. Marie, Marie, are you all right? Marie, my darling. Oh, my Lord, she has fainted. Marie, Marie, open your eyes. Oh, oh, Pierre. Oh, uh, are you home from school early? Uh, the heat went out. They had to close. It is all right. Everything is all right. Here, hold on to me. I'm going to oh. carry you to the couch. Oh, Pierre, we don't have a couch in the laboratory, only that chair. Oh, that is right. There is no couch. You fainted, you know. I found you on the floor. Oh, Pierre, just put, put me into the chair and I'll be all right. Oh, what, what happened? Oh, nothing, darling, really nothing. How can you say? How can you say nothing? I come in. There is a retort broken on the floor. You are lying on the floor. Here, here, drink, drink, drink this. I want to understand what made you faint. Oh, motherhood, that's all. Nature asserting itself over scientific investigation. I'm, I'm really very faint. You want, you want another glass? No, no. Every single morning from the time I arrive here in the laboratory, I just don't seem to be able to stand up at the table to do my work. I, I get weaker and weaker, this continual dizziness. But you never said anything to me. Oh, Pierre, you have your work, I have mine. Not another word. 
No research is that important. I am going to call Dr. Ozell, and as soon as you feel up to it, I will get a carriage and take you home. It is not right for you to feel dizzy from morning to oh, night. I think it is. It's normal. It's our baby. Our baby? It is? Oh, I'm sure. That's what depresses me so. I want to have the baby and still go on with my work. The baby? All these months you felt miserable and you came to the laboratory, took care of me, cooked, sold, did the housework. Mm, hundreds of thousands of mothers do it. Yes, but they are not scientists. But why should we few be excluded? I know it will be such a joy when the baby is born. I shall forget all about how miserable I used to feel. But only one more month. And then maybe a boy. If he is, I shall call him Pierre. And if she is a girl? Irene. That was my mother's favorite name. Antoine, forgive me for bursting in on you in your laboratory, but a best friend is entitled to the best news first. Oh, you have won the Nobel Prize. Better news than that. The young lady arrived in the world early this morning. My daughter. <laughs> oh, congratulations, mon Dieu. What name did you give the little scientist? Irene. Ah, the Greek goddess of peace. Yes, she is a little goddess. And how is Marie? Thankful and relieved and happy and wondering how she can nurse the baby while conducting her experiment. <laughs> now that the earth-shaking news is out, let me give you a small tremor. You know my experiments with uranium salts? I've discovered that at ordinary temperatures, uranium produces an invisible radiation. You mean like Rankin's X-rays? Somewhat, but by itself. No electricity. What proof do you have? Ah, I want to have photographic proof. Uh -huh. But first, I must be sure this radiation isn't due to stored sunlight. After all, left in the elements, exposed the sun, you, you know. Keep the compound for a time in a darkened room. Ah, that's what I'm doing. Total darkness for three months ought to be a good measure. Ninety days should do it. Ah, Ninety days, a good thought. And then I'll test it. Now, if you will forgive me, Antoine, I must get back to Marie. Congratulations. I am sure you are on the brink of something. Ninety days. Ah, whatever science can prove in that time is a small accomplishment compared to Marie's in nine months. Marie, look at this package from Antoine. It came this morning. A photographic plate. Oh? But what's it a picture of? It is a picture of a compound of uranium. He placed it on this plate, and of its own accord, it photographed itself, as it were. Well, I wonder how it did that. That's what Antoine would love to know. I thought Antoine was hoping to detect fluorescent rays by subjecting metals to light. Well, that is his main research. This happened as a, as a byproduct. Uh, he placed uranium salts on this plate in complete darkness. It's as clear an outline of the mass as you could hope to see. I would say that in that uranium is a source of energy that releases rays that affect the plate. Or, or is it the uranium itself? Oh, Pierre... Wouldn't you like to find out? You are not only a scientist, but a mind reader. I is anyone else making a study of these rays? Not here in France or in Europe. No one? The only two who have done work on rays are Ronkin on X-rays and Antoine on fluorescence. Shall we? We must. I can't believe in such luck, Pierre, to work on a problem no one even knows exists. 
My dear scientific partner, we are not only going to work on the problem. We are not? No, we are going to solve it. Oh, we'll need a great deal of space. Much more than we have now. I'll see what I can find, Marie. Do not worry. I didn't worry, but I should have. The best the school of physics could find for us was a ground floor closet used to store wood and old machinery. It was winter time, no heat, no electricity. But I started my hunt for the new energy in that storeroom. Pierre taught and studied for his doctorate. I measured and measured and measured all December and January. And then, in February... Hey, are you a rat? No, I, I couldn't be in better health, Pierre. Oh, Walmer. Here, darling. Read today's entry in my notebook. That should tell you. February 6, 1898. Temperature, 6 degrees. What temperature is that? Here. Right here. In this closet. Oh, you don't feel the cold, do you? Marie, I am worried about your health. We should wait for warmer weather. No, I'm much more worried about our electrometer. It's much more sensitive to cold and humidity than I am. Oh, how did your classes go today? Well, I lectured, they listened, but whether they learned... Pierre, I want you to meet someone. Yes, who? I would like to introduce you to the first feminine scientific detective... Madame Marie Curie. Enchanté, madame. <laughs> I know your husband. Lucky man that he is. <laughs> now, what is this detective detective? The walls have ears. They have? Yes. My dear mother always said so. Pierre, listen. I am certain that uranium has a property of radiation unlike anything observed before. It's an atomic condition. Atomic? And not only do I find it in uranium, but in thorium as well. And so... It may exist in other... Yes. Who is to say those two are the only elements capable of such radiation? Ergo, Detective Curie would like to examine all known chemical elements. Can you arrange that for me, Pierre? Please? Samples of all minerals and salts, eh? I will do my best. It is the least the School of Physics can do for me. For their most brilliant professor. <laughs> I will tell them that when next I ask for a raise in salary. <laughs> oh, Bless you, my dear. <laughs> and who knows? Mm. Your research may point the way to a ray that will cure the common sneezing cold. A radioactive cure for the common cold escaped me. Oh, not that I was looking for it. But what I did find was a much more powerful radioactive substance than that in uranium and thorium, hiding in so many of the known elements. What was it? I had to know. I would do nothing else but track and trace and detect. Then suddenly, everything changed. A telegram from my father. When did you receive it, Marie? Well, it, it was here at home this evening when I came back from the laboratory. Hand me those heavy stockings, Pierre. So we will take the first train to Warsaw. Pierre, look at the date it was sent. Three days ago. Three whole days. Why was it only just delivered? That's terrible. Hey, let me visit. Please come visit your old father. Stop. Do not wait. Don't wait, he says. I pray to heaven he doesn't have what... 
But, Mother... Now, that is enough talking. Where is my bag? Oh, you can't go, Pierre. You're taking your oral examination for your doctorate this evening. Have you forgotten? I'll be finished packing in five minutes. Well, I I shall miss you, darling. Well, perhaps the worst is over. And whatever made your father send a telegram is is all settled. I I, I don't know. I just want to be sure I get back to Warsaw in time. Marie Curie, newly married. A mother now. Answers a daughter's call. Her father needs her. These family ties take precedence over any problem and duty. After all, were it not for her father, it is entirely possible that Marie Curie's scientist would still be Manya Sladowska, living in Warsaw. I shall return shortly with Act Three. In April 1898, Marie Curie's miracle discovery was announced to the Academy of Science. The presence of a new element containing powerful radioactivity. Her father regained his health, learning with the world that the substance was called radium. But radium was yet to be isolated, yet to be seen. And far off in the future, it was yet to be used as a cure for certain types of cancer. Marie Curie reminisces. It was really Pierre who put his finger on the problems of how to find, measure, and catalog radium. I think he realized far more than I did the enormous task before us. He and Antoine Becquerel and I puzzled over the future. To begin with, Marie, you are going against every fundamental theory scientists have held for centuries. Uh, Of course, Pierre, that may be a good thing. Antoine, what are the roadblocks? Oh, science itself. The Academy will have to see this radium and touch it. You two must test it with acid, bottle it, weigh it. It's atomic weight. We will have to tackle that first. Oh, I can hear them at the Academy. No atomic weight, no radium. When we see it, we'll believe it. I wonder what it'll be like, what it will look like. I don't know, my dear. I should like it to have a beautiful color. Uh, A new element of a beautiful color. The first thing, then, is to find a large amount of pitch blend. There must be tons of it lying about. Where do they dump it after the uranium has been extracted? We shall climb on our bicycles, Marie and I, and hunt for it. Well, we have some idea where the mines are. So we show up in person and we say, Do you have any pitch blend to dispose of? It's worthless to you. We'll get rid of it for you. Oh, traveling by bicycle? We always do. The same bicycles that take us home every day took us on our honeymoon. Antoine, would you like to come with us? Oh, at my age, I haven't ridden a bicycle in 50 years. Oh, I'm sure it'll all come back to you in no time. It's never too late. Uh, Marie, for me it is too late. I am better off in my laboratory. But I wish you two a happy and successful hunting trip. <laughs> Antoine! Antoine, come out! We are back! Oh, 
yes, Marie. We thought we would stop first at your house before going on home. Oh, we made 50 kilometers today, but we promised ourselves Paris by nightfall or else. Oh, but you've only been gone a fortnight. We did not have to go that far. Tons of it. Oh, don't you want to come in and tell me about it? Have a glass of wine? No, 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 no. We must go home. We both need a bath and a bed. But Antoine, we will give you all the news tomorrow. to a mine near St. Joachim's Just at the time, an official from the Austrian Academy of Science was there. He knew of our work. He agreed to have a ton of it sent to us. But where to work? They gave us a large shed that used to be used to dissect corpses. It was there, under Rue Le Monde, our dissection of the unknown began. Marie, aren't you dressed yet? It may be here any moment. I- I'm almost ready, Pierre. Oh, what about your classes, dear? Uh, aren't you going this morning? I told them either postpone today's physics class or cancel altogether. I said I had a whole ton of pitch blend arriving from Austria, and I would not miss that moment even if they took my doctorate from me. You told them that. The fool faculty had said, pitch blend, a ton of it. You must be joking, Pierre. I said to him, Mr. Dubois, you just wait. Someday, the joke may be on you. Oh, that's it. That's the truck. It is here. Come, come. And don't trip, Marie, as you run downstairs. Oh, don't push me. Ladies first. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know what to say. Oh, you will manage. You will manage. And how are we going to carry a ton of it into the shed? I should have hired one of my students to help. It's here. It's here. Oh, how beautiful. This is the place to deliver the peach blunt. One ton of peach blend, right? Yes, 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 yes. This is the place. We will have to carry it around to the back to the shed. I will give you a hand unloading it. Oh, please, please. Will you pull back the cover? I want to see it for myself. Oh, certainly, madam. Yeah, I will help you with it. I can't bear the suspense. Imagine a ton of it. Oh, look, it's not loose at all. Well, thank heavens. Can you picture us shoveling a ton of pitch blend into the shed? It's all in sacks. I'll lift one down for you. Marie, we are going to be working with this for years. I have a knife right here. Here, here, let me cut the strings. Oh, surely you can wait till all the sacks have been brought inside? No, no, I want to touch it now. Feel it. Oh, look at it. Oh, just look at it. Oh, you beautiful element. You are the most beautiful element I have ever seen in my life. To treat kilo by kilo, ton after ton, to be a wife, a mother, a chemist, a physicist, engineer and laborer all at the same time. I must have been out of my head to attempt it. For it's a slow, slow process. Standing in the icy courtyard, watching it cook, then inside the freezing shed, purifying those days, weeks, years, in such very primitive conditions. Ah! Marie, what have you done? Oh, look, look at it. Months of preparation. It, it was too hot here. I, I, I picked it up. I didn't realize. Oh, look at it. Oh, my work lying there on the floor. All that time wasted. Don't mop it. Don't mop it, Pierre. It's hopeless. I can't. 
I can't. I can't. All right, my darling. Just stand quietly for a moment and let me hold you in my arms. Oh, Pierre. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean... Of course. Of course I must go on. It's just the, the pain. My hands, my arms. Let me see. Oh. They are scalded, Marie. Where is the ointment? Uh. Marie, we are putting a stop to this right now. Uh. I will lower the furnace so nothing will catch fire. And you are stopping your work this instant. How do you feel now, my darling? Oh, my arms are better. And my hands. Look, see, I, I can move my fingers through the bandages. I'd like to start up the furnaces again. No, 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 Marie. You are overworked and overtired. And that is why these accidents happen. You are too tired to concentrate. It is the month after month of fractionalizing for pure radium that is so exhausting. I stupidly picked up a hot time with my bare hands. You simply do not know what you are doing some of the time. I, I am tired, that's true. I'm tired and frustrated. And always I am conscious that I am fighting time. Marie, what difference does it make if you extract pure radium in 1900, in 1904, in 1906? I am fighting the time that makes impurities... The longer it takes, the dust, the dirt, I have to do the same work over and over and over again. Marie, we are doing the impossible. Now, you cannot afford to be tired. You cannot afford tears. And most of all, neither of us can afford the luxury of failure. You're right. I, I won't give up. I, I, I know I'm being childish. You are the only one who can make radium live. Antoine cannot. I cannot. And who knows what its isolation, its complete use could mean. I'm better now. I always am after you've given me a good talking to. What radium could mean in the future, that, that's not important to me now, Pierre. All I really want to do is to finish what I started. I did finish it. It was 1902. Remember, Pierre... 45 months after we told the Academy that radium existed, I managed to isolate one decigram, one-tenth of a gram of pure radium with the atomic weight of 226. Remember the night you came late to the laboratory, Pierre? Marie, what are you standing in the street for outside the laboratory? I was waiting for you. Why did you not wait inside? You know how easily you catch cold. I, I didn't want to go back inside without you. All right, I'm here. Let us go in. Don't turn on the lamps. Do you remember that day when you said to me, I should like to think that radium has a beautiful color? What is that light over there by the table above it? It is floating. Give me your hand, Pierre. We'll walk over there together. On the shelf, Pierre. See? It glows. Yes. What an extraordinary light. One-tenth of a gram of pure radium in that jar. Unearthly. How it glows. It's what we said all along, darling. In science, there is magic... And we have found it. The scientific world sprang forth to help. Two German scientists, Volkov and Giesel, saw its physiological effects 
and Pierre exposed his own arm to the radium as a test. Even Antoine carried a glass tube of it, and he suffered burns. Oh, I love this radium, but I have got a grudge against it. My new suit. And Pierre worked with Bouchard and Balthazar on animals, then people. What a day that was when he told the Academy. Radium has the power to destroy cells. It can also obliterate growth, tumors, and certain forms of cancer. You know, quite an industry has grown up manufacturing radium. Every time I lend a tube of it to a doctor for his patient, I, I catch my breath. It's so hard to believe. Why are you changing the subject? Because you are about to tell me the more radium is manufactured, the more malignant tumors can be cured, and then you are going to say something to me which... I don't want to hear. What was my question? Should we profit from our discovery, patent the technique, and collect what they call royalties? With the money, we could build a fine laboratory. No, no, Pierre. Science belongs to everyone, and we must give it back. We merely discovered the path to radium. We didn't invent it. I knew you would say that. And so I have already told the Academy to distribute all our findings and methods of purification to whoever wants it. I was thinking this morning, if the world had known of the powers of radium years ago, perhaps my mother would have lived longer. It was April 19th, 1906. My precious husband was crossing the street, and a wagon ran over him. He was only 47. I was 39, and I would live on... Alone. That is, until today. I am now 67. They tell me the end is near. Anemia due to years of radiation. I am happy. Before sunset, I shall be with my Pierre. When you were taken from me, I remember covering your coffin with flowers and sitting beside it. I put the picture of me, the one that you loved, into your grave. Remember, you told me marrying me was the first right thing you had ever done. We were made to live together. How I went on all those years alone, I don't know. I thought, everything is over. Pierre is sleeping his last sleep beneath the earth. To me, that day was the end of everything. Everything. Respectfully, we know Marie Curie was wrong. For her and for the rest of us, it was not the end of everything. In 1914, she drove an ambulance converted into a radiation center through the war zone. Her arm, wearing the Red Cross band, helped heal thousands. But the final count of those saved by her discovery is not in yet. Or will it ever be? I shall return shortly. When Marie Curie was awarded her second Nobel Prize, that was the first for any scientist, 
as were the countless medals and honors bestowed upon her. But perhaps these words from Louis Pasteur meant the most to her. To him who devotes his life to science, nothing can give more happiness than increasing the number of discoveries. But his cup of joy is full when the results of his studies immediately find practical applications. Our cast included Carol Titel, Mando Kramer, and Lloyd Batista. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. All you've ever done is think about yourself and your awful chairs and all your other possessions. Huh? Yes, like Terry, like me, like Father. Huh? Father was one of your possessions, too. Huh? You owned him. He belonged to you till he couldn't stand it anymore and he died. Well, I didn't kill him. Nobody can say I killed my own father. No, no. Nobody, nobody can say that. Boy, no. cut it out. Because you did that. You cruel, you stupid woman. You sitting there so smug, so pleased with yourself. Boy, stop it. Stop but it. she, she did it. Are you all right, Mother? What? Yeah, she... She's all right, isn't she? I don't know. Why is she just sitting there? Troy, I don't know. Mother. Oh, do something, Carrie. Do something. Shut up, you little idiot. Don't you see I don't know what to do? This is Tammy Grimes, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time. <laughs> 